Hello, and welcome to another new episode of Somewhat Damaged. I'm your host, Greg Alperin, and with me as always, John B. Today, we welcome our guest, audio engineer, production maven, Emma Erdbrink. So, how are you? How's California? Um, I'm good. I'm actually not in California anymore. I am in this great state of Maine, oh, New England. I was oh, going to look. I'm like, that doesn't look like the sunny California, you know, backyard. I'm like, where is that exactly? <laughs> this is Kennebunk, Maine. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Where is that? Uh, Portland is my favorite food town in the oh. entire world. Uh, where, where Portland's in, uh, awesome. Where in, uh, yeah. Where, where in uh, regards to Portland are you? Um, we're about, it's like 30, 35 minutes south of Portland. So not oh, too so far. I pass through it. Like before yeah. I get to Portland. Yeah. Good. Oh man, I gotta explore. Exit 25 is the Kennebunk exit on 95. Let's not tell everybody where you are, Emma. We got some videos <laughs> out there too. There's a lot, there's a lot of people out here. So if they can find me, I'd be impressed. <laughs> so how close to the bushes are you? Not the, uh, not outside the window, but the George Bush. <laughs> um, the bushes are right here behind me. Um, no, the bush, uh, the bush estate, like Walker points. I can probably get there in like 15 minutes. Right. If I wanted yeah. to. I if I um, wanted to. <laughs> you want to? No. Have you been there? Have you driven by? I've, I've driven by a, a family friend of ours was ocean kayaking once out in the water and they got too close and secret service came and took them out of the water really? and sent them home. That's yeah. So that was a, that was probably like 10 years ago. So I don't know if they would still do that, but probably I don't yeah. see why they wouldn't. Oh, that's so funny. I went to high school with a kid whose dad was a secret service guy or um, at the time, Richard Nixon lived like right around the corner from us. And wow. Um, everybody used to go to his house on Halloween. Like they would let people come to his front door on Halloween. He would wow. answer the door and give everybody like a Richard Nixon pen. Wow. That it would never happen today. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. But like I used to have this big collection of Richard Nixon pens and then I threw them away. And now I'm like, I could probably sell those on fucking eBay for probably. A yeah. Wow, but he gave yeah, out pens, no yeah. candy? Yeah, pens, no candy, pens. I mean, wow. that'd be cool. It'd be like, this is what I use to bomb Hanoi with. This is, <laughs> <Yeah. for you. laughs> this is what I signed this with and this one. This one's if, covered in blood. I don't know if they were those pens <laughs> in particular, but they were just rich. You know, it was funny, Rich Nixon, ex-president of the United States. It was very funny. So why Do the presidents use special... Pens to sign stuff, or does it? Do they just yeah. use like I don't know? Do they just have a pack of ballpoint pens laying around like I do? <laughs> no, it's they, pretty they cool. Have specialized pens, right? Yeah. They, well, I don't know if they're special pens. They they are pens that say President Blank of the United States. And if you ever notice, like whenever they're signing some executive order, and you see that shit on the news, you always mm -hmm. like they'll sign it, and then they'll give the pen to someone. It's like a tradition. So the president will like pass the pen off to a senator or whoever like the, the interesting. And then when he signs the next thing, he signs it with a different pen and gives that pen to someone else. Well, wow. So those pens are definitely worth single, some money. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. Even if they use like, sometimes they'll do every single letter of their, uh, of their name for a certain pen. So everybody gets a, a piece of it. Um, there was like, I think the Rose Garden pens uh, with uh, Netanyahu and uh, Rabin, or Rabin and uh, Arafat. I mean, there was over like 60 pens and it was given out to mostly like uh, mostly senators and they have them literally framed in their offices because it was such a historic occasion. Wow. That would be hard to sign yeah. your name with that many pens. Like, I know, right? Like my signature looks like a scribble. Like it's, there's barely visible letters in it. So I don't know how I would use multiple pens. I would, I would use a crayon and make it like... A ransom note or something like God. Uh, that'd be cute. Shit. Greg's G's would be backwards and everything like that, and his <laughs> yeah. R would be like. Yeah. That'd be so sweet. I know, right? So, do you go into like where do you go now that you're there, like to eat? Because both John and I love Portland and like all the food that's Portland. Like, is that the yeah. place to really go and like kick it? Portland has some really good food. Uh, Kennebunk and Kennebunkport don't have, they have some pretty good restaurants. They're just not open year round. So if you're not here in the summer, you don't really get to experience them. Um, but yeah, Portland, there's, I went to, I had like one of the best Chinese food experiences I've ever had in Portland. And I'm trying to remember the name of the restaurant. I think it was like Empire or something like that. 
I had this soft pork bun, this like sweet honey pork bun that was like, I think about it regularly and I ate it five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> oh, there are, there are dishes from Portland that I think of. So Eventide is yeah. one of my favorite places. Um, I actually got recommended it by uh, Francis Ellis for, uh, who has Oops the Podcast and he's from Portland and Eventide has this, uh, lobster roll but it is on a steamed bun that's made in-house and they use half the lobster and it's just this drawn butter brown butter on top of it and a little bit of chive it is so simplistic and delicious in its form it's perfect and it's crazy because like next to that across like there's like this little like trifecta of restaurants you get uh eventide there's um honey paw and then there's duck fat yeah. Which is Martha Stewart's favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, Martha, Martha doesn't have the best taste. I'm I am i am gonna I'm gonna fill you on that one. Like it's I've I've never had a I've never had an amazing meal at Duck Fat. Oh, I love Duck Fat. I, I've only gone there like towards the end of the night. And I don't know, there's just something about that poutine, which is just Oof. the best way to end a day. When you're close enough to Canada here, you're gonna get it yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, but even tied what, it, you know, when I was in Portland last summer, I just, I did a whole like lobster roll tasting around town. Yeah. I live, I'm in New England too. I'm in Connecticut. Right. So oh, every, okay. everybody. Is that really New England? It, it's like, it depends on who you ask, but. I, per, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, so it is New England to me, but. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'm not a Patriots fan. I don't give a shit about Boston sports. I went to college in Boston. I, I see the Yankee cap. Yankee cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have this thing about lobster rolls. I love lobster. I could eat lobster every meal of every day, like in anything. But I've never really been like blown away by any particular lobster roll I've had anywhere except Eventide. It's Hell the yeah. only place I left. I'm like, now that's a lobster roll to tell your friends about. Right. I'm not a huge lobster fan personally. I don't know what it is. All right. Interview over. We're done. I know. (laughs) People are like, oh, you're from New England. You must love lobster. I'm like, no. But I love seafood otherwise. Like scallops. I'll eat scallops all day long. Oh, yeah. So good. I We had um, my one of my mom's coworkers caught a haddock the other day. So we literally had haddock for dinner last night that was like caught yesterday morning. It was amazing. So I do eat a lot of that seafood. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about like, especially that like the real part of New England, you know, Maine, New Hampshire, you know, that where you really you're talking about the freshest of the fresh, you know, when it comes yeah. to fishing communities and shellfish and stuff like yeah. that. Like you can't beat it. Uh, you know, yeah. Like, here I New- grew up in. No, go ahead. Yeah, I grew up in New Hampshire. My dad's got like a, a fish guy in one in New Hampshire and one in Maine. So wherever we are, he can go get his fish that was caught this morning. Like he's got a guy everywhere it. that's got it's fish. Like, it's, it's like me with it's like me with cocaine. I got a guy in like Los Angeles. I want like <laughs> Miami. <laughs> yeah. It used to be me with weed, but now I can just walk into like dispensaries and buy it. I don't need a guy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, those guys are really taking it on the chin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Their business has gotten just bummer. You know what's funny though? Last yesterday, I was um, um I was hanging out with uh, my friend Kyle, and his pen ran out, and we were looking for weed, and I was in Jersey, and I needed weed for my dad, and literally like I'm I'm in Jersey, and it's legal there now, and I'm striking out with every single wow. dealer, and they're like, Nah, I don't have anything. Nah, I'm like I'm not available. I had to go all the way back to Manhattan to go to my regular guy who charges like an extra ten dollars on everything. To go pick up weed for Kyle and my dad. Uh, wow. I spent hundred dollars uh, on an eighth and a. It was not not hundred dollars just on the eighth, but oh, I, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Could you imagine? I was like, you got robbed. <laughs> I know. Appalling. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know my weed. <laughs> I'm like, do I need a sativa or a stevia? What am I doing? A stevia. <laughs> I go for sweet. Wait, so. It's legal. It's legal in Jersey recreationally now. Yes. So, but you, there's no dispensaries right now. Yeah, it's right. just legal. So it just was made legal in New York, uh, Connecticut, and New Jersey, all, all around the same time. But mm-hmm. there actually is no place to go purchase it. 
Right. Yeah. So, so that's how it's been here in Maine for a while because it's recreationally legal here, but there's no, they like won't give out the licenses to dispensaries to sell it recreationally. So like there are medical dispensaries you can go to, but they can't sell it to you recreationally yet, even though it's been recreationally legal right. for like four or five years. Yeah. You still have to buy it illegally. You know, 20, but then once you I'm have Maine. it, you're good. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like I've, I, I found this, this Snapchat account in Maine, and that's how I get weed when I'm in Maine. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's so, it's so weird. <laughs> well, you know so what I have it? a friend from high school that still sells weed that lives in Maine. So whenever I'm here, I just <laughs> yeah. hit her up. And I'm like, hi. You still uh, in business? <laughs> yeah, she is. She well, made it her career. It's like she, she does now. Well, yeah. it's nuts because like, it's almost like the states, in my opinion, are telling guys that sell weed, you know, your typical everyday old time weed dealers that go ahead, sell all you want we're not even going to prosecute you anymore. Like if right. you caught, because they, like in Connecticut, they expunged all of the old, um, you know, chart, you know, criminal charges, if you were ever, you know, your record, if you got caught or anything. So as long as you're not driving around with, I think, John, do you know, it's like two pounds or something? Yeah, three it's pounds? like an insane amount of weed. I don't know. Insane amount of weed. So like, they're not even stopping people from selling it, really. Right. I'm like, yeah. most of the dealers I know didn't ever have is, that much anyway. So, yeah. like, there's Ooh, no boy. way they're driving around with it. Right. Yeah. There is the argument that they are taking these dispensary licensing and they're pretty much, they're taking money away from literally black-owned businesses because you can't, because a lot of minorities can't afford um, some, I mean, if you really look at, like, the, the logistics, it's going to cost you about $15 million, they say in the state of New Jersey to have a licensing based off the license, the lawyer's fees, plus all the security that you're going to have to have. That is like astronomical money for, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, like yeah. an African-American family that has had, you know, been in redline for years. So there is that kind of debate. There's this great article that I watched on vice where there was actually a, a movement of drug dealers that wanted to keep weed illegal because by making it legal, you push out so many other people and destroy their livelihoods off of it. Right, it's, which is it's, why it's, it's becoming crazy, another like uh, idea. White dominated, and there's like people running dispensaries like in California and stuff. It's a bunch of white dudes yeah. who just like had the capital sure, to invest Asian, in it and open a dispensary. Is, right, which is which is so insane. But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. like, um, yeah, they need to do more with, I guess, expunging. Uh, you know, these these small quote unquote, you know, uh, small time crimes uh, with, you know, it's, it's, it's people that were, you know, in the seventies that were like transporting marijuana that got busted for 15 years. They've lost their life pretty much from that. Um, and we're not able to kind of uh, take away these felons, uh, take these felonies off of them. I mean, they've lost money. They've lost family. They've lost job opportunities. So it, it's, it's really a whole systematic thing that we're going. And I hate that I brought this so seriously. <laughs> no, I dig it. I'm learning. I'm enjoying it. Keep going. <laughs> and we started off talking about pens and now we're talking about the, the, the legal nonsense with the We're weed. just talking about all kinds of pens. Yeah. The literal time. pens, the yep. weed pens. Let me them. redirect everything. How about this? <laughs> you got a different uh, kind of pen? Let's do a hard cut on this. But, um, um, Emma and Greg and me, I mean, we are, we work in comedy, but we're not comedians. That's right. I mean, look at the three of us that literally are, quote unquote, according to a lot of people on Reddit, are tastemakers and uh, we are um, assholes. Uh, Assholes, that's another thing, but we also wannabes, wannabes, thank you. Posers, um, posers, posers, right, 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 right. Keep going, guys, keep going. Feet, feet into the base, fucking up the business, <laughs> fucking up the business. Yeah, uh, gatekeepers. <laughs> yeah, Emma, how did, how did you see yourself? Did you see yourself working in our line, um, you know, five, six years ago? No, I didn't. Um, I apologize. There's someone mowing the lawn right outside right. my window, and I don't Tell know. Tell President hear Bush it. to shut the fuck up. Bush, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's not time to mow my lawn. Go away. Wait, you're probably going to see him just like cruise by this window in a second. I didn't. Yeah, there he goes. Very good. <laughs> that makes the highlight real. That's definitely the highlight. I mean, at least you get.
the visual to go with the annoying ass sound. I did not know it was mowing day. I swear I feel like they show up and mow every two days. I don't understand how people do lawns here. Um, but to answer your question, no, I, I didn't see myself. I didn't know where I saw myself. I say this all the time, but I like just keep, I like stumbled into my career and what I'm doing and where I've ended up. Like I just keep stumbling and ending up in cool, fun places. So I just keep going for it. Um, go away. So inconsiderate of my podcasting. Um, <laughs> your mic is too good. That's why. I know. I'm like, how do I hide this? Um, the audio I send you, I'll clean it. You won't be able to hear it. But the- ah, look at this pro <laughs> right over here. <laughs> um, Mind you, no, my I- dog's barking in the background. And <laughs> my dog, like, doesn't bark. I think I've heard her bark maybe five times in the entire time I've had her. She doesn't make any noise. She's, like, over to the other room just, like, curled yeah, up in her bed. Yeah, the same way. And all of a sudden, like, fucking the gift of Gab fucking hit him. And he's like... <laughs> you know, maybe she just hasn't figured out completely had a talk yet she's learning though she whines but she doesn't bark um mm. but to answer your previous question i don't i did not expect to end up in comedy but i'm having a great fucking time so i'm not i'm not mad about it yeah <laughs> sure what did you like what did you set out to like where did you think your career was going to go before it got derailed and you wound up in this world <laughs> of comedy um, I don't know. I, I studied uh, sound design and audio post-production for film and television at Emerson College. Okay. And I graduated in 2015 and I moved to L.A. at the end of 2016, I think. And I was just like, any job I can get to pay the bills working in audio, I'll take it. And so I started working at Marketplace, which is like an economic show on NPR and American public media. Um, and then I like was driving Lyft in my off hours to just like make some extra cash. And I met this other kid who had just moved to LA who's trying to be an audio engineer. We like got coffee to talk about the job market, how all of that was. And then he got offered a part-time job and a full-time job. So he took the full-time job and tossed the part-time job my way. And that part-time job was working at Starburns Industries for a while, or it was Feral Audio at the time. And then it became Starburns Industries. And then I met Morgan Murphy there and she took her podcast to all things comedy and she took me with her. So I ended up working for all things comedy. And then I just kind of like keep just showing up places and people keep (laughs) being like, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, here you go. So I don't know who knows where we'll go next. (laughs) It really seems that, that half of this business is showing up and being there. Yeah, um, it is. Cause a lot of people don't show up. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, as a booker, uh, you know, that's been my biggest thing is that, you know, everybody's always like, hey, can you give me, give us a e- uh, text message in the morning that we have a spot? And I'll say, no, like you should be, I, I sent you avails, I sent you confirmations. And then if you don't show up, there's going to be six people sitting at that bar that want your spot. And oh, I'm yeah. just going to put them up there. You know what I mean? Who's hungry? Mm-hmm. And you know what? It. I, some comics, you know, there are notorious comics that don't show up for spots and other comics know and they'll like, they'll hang out at the bar. So it's being there and being seen um, yeah. really, really, really helps you in your career. Now, if a comic does that in general, like if you book them for a spot and they don't show up and they do that a couple of times, are you less likely to book them for a spot going forward, knowing that there's it a really good chance they, they won't show up? I Fair mean, enough. listen, we, we, we run into the issues that, I mean, it's not the issue, but we live in New York City where there are, you know, six great comedy clubs, you know, within spitting distance of each other. Right. So anything can happen, whether it be a drop in at the cellar that runs a show long that they can't make it. Usually they're pretty good by that texting, but there are just some comics that you put on the bill because I'll be honest, sometimes you have to, it's, they've been, you know, they're, they're popular with audiences and maybe yeah. it's the same shit that they've been giving you for three years, but you know what? Sometimes when they don't show up, I'm okay with it because I yeah. can put somebody new and somebody with a different perspective up there. Keeps it um, fresh. It's going to give you something. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's the one thing is like, we, we're, we're accustomed to this, this bubble and Greg, you know, like you and I have kind of been in this, but is there, do you feel that you're able to change some things from within now yeah. that you're kind of in the system? I think so. I mean, not like you can't, I don't think you can change everything, but I think you can like assist, you know what I mean? Like you'd be like, Ooh, this is good. And with like this little bump, we can make it that much better. And if you do that enough times, you just keep escalating things to like 
better and better and that's I think that's what you do with your career as a whole in general with yourself so to be able to do it for other shows or comedy clubs or whatever whatever your vein is I think you can like yeah you can you can just kind of give it a little bump yeah. oh look we got another friend back here weed whacking <laughs> what's up <laughs> So what Thanks, are you, what are you doing? So are you in Maine in in like your, your parents live in Maine? Like is that where you are? No, she yes, got that um, Starburns money. She that's her place <laughs> up there, yo. Come on I now. wish. I haven't worked for Starburns in a long time. But uh <laughs> um yeah, I my parents I grew up in New Hampshire and so my parents they still have the house I grew up in in New Hampshire, but we had a small cottage on the beach in Maine for I think we got it when I was like a junior in high school that was just we rented it out in the summers. It was like an income thing. Um, and then a couple of years ago, my parents decided that this is where they want to like live right. long term. So they knocked the cottage down and built a new house. And so when the pandemic hit, my boyfriend and I were in our apartment in L.A. like this sucks. I can't yeah. go outside. Sup, Mr. Weed Whacker. How's it going? Um, just block him somehow. <laughs> I'll do yoga. Um, so but yeah, we left we left L.A. in like June of or May of 2020 because just being locked in the apartment was like driving us crazy and I couldn't do it. Like not being able to be outside or go for walks or whatever was driving me nuts. So I, we hopped in a car, we rented a car and we drove across the country. Wow. <laughs> um, and we showed up in Maine and we were like, Oh, we'll stay here for a few weeks and hang out. And just like the beach is right here. There's not a ton of people. We have a yard, we can be outside. Um, and then we ended up staying for nine months. <laughs> we were like, let's wow. stay for a few weeks. And we were here until January. So then in January, we drove back to LA and put our apartment in storage and then worked our way back to Maine. So now we're here just chilling, figuring out what we want to do with life. <laughs> so how are you obviously you're still working, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, full, full time working. My work never stopped. So <laughs> Podcasting that, didn't die. No, I know. Of course. So, I mean, if anything, not even grew. So how did that go for you? Like, cause I imagine when, when you were working in LA, were you going to the studio every day to do the podcasts? And um, I had, a, I'm, I was lucky that my schedule was all, I freelance. So I don't work okay. for one specific company. I work for, I do work for all things comedy. And then I work for HeadGum. Right. I still work for Marketplace, just kind of whoever needs me, whatever day. Um, I do a lot of work for the Doughboys podcast, which yep. is like, my, probably my number one show. Um, but we, everything just went remote. So we, but before, uh, we locked down, I was, you know, I'd be at Mitch, Mike Mitchell's apartment where we record Doughboys, or I would be at the ATC studio like one or two days a week. And then some days I would be at HeadGum. Other days I would just be at home editing, mixing, doing whatever, like work from home days. I had a lot of those. So when COVID hit, I was like, Oh, this is just a lot of work from home days. Right. Like I do this already. This is fine. Um, and then everything just kind of went remote and that took, you know, I'm sure you guys know it took some time sure. <laughs> to figure out the tech side of it all, but then you get there and we're still going. So do you like when those shows go back to the studio, do you think it's going to be a point where you'd have to be like, all right, I got to go back because they want the engineer back or. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's hard to say. I know ATC studio is open again and people are using it. Um, I am not um, the show. I worked a lot on the show with what's the odds with Steve Renazizi yep. and Renazizi moved to New York. So that show is still remote. So Wait, what? Well, I mean, I don't know where in New York. I think he's up, maybe upstate. Oh, okay. He left LA. I know that. I'm not sure where I'm in New really York he is. For a second. No, he's in the city, John. John, he's in the city. I think he's around. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he's close enough to. I don't know if he's living in the city or if he's close enough to get to the city, but he's he's around. Yeah, he's close. Um, around. He just moved, so he might not be like out and about yet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, write it down. Yeah. He's the best. I fucking love him. Oh, good. He's, um, by, he's, by, he's by the 9-11 memorial. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping you were not going to say. I'm like, of course. Oh, oh everybody goes there. Everybody goes oh, yeah, there. Right. Um, but so I was all over the place even before COVID. So actually when, when the, when the lockdown orders like happened in LA originally, I, my boyfriend and I had just were in the process of moving and I was like, fucking I'll take it two weeks at home to like get unpacked, get moved, get my shit together a little bit. No problem. Bite my tongue for fuck's sake. But like, yeah, everything being remote made it possible to just kind of like run around. And we were like, why are we paying all of this LA rent? That's so fucking expensive when we're not even there. This is stupid. So we put all our stuff in storage and we're just kind of like, 
living rent free for right now in my parents' house. <laughs> that's dope. Oh, I love that. that I love that's that. like the best financial decision you could make. Like no rent. You're, I'm sure your parents and are like cooking it up for you guys. And you're just oh, yeah. you got a gardener in your backyard three, <laughs> six days a week. Emma, this is how we stick it back to the boomers. This is like, yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Nah, we we can't buy a house, so we're going to be living with you fuckers for a little yeah. bit longer. <laughs> and again, the house is on the water in Maine, you know. Um, yeah, yeah like I can not, see the ocean, which is, I can't not, complain. Um, like and in Danbury, I, Connecticut. Yeah, I picked up a dog on my way this time. Like, my, my boyfriend's family lives in Fort Myers, Florida, so we went down there. Uh, we left L.A. in, like, March, and we went down there to hang out for, and say hi and also the weather up here in March is fucking awful. So we were like, let's go to Florida for a minute where it's so warm and sunny and then we'll come to Maine. So we were down there and while we were there, they were fostering a dog that attached itself to me and my boyfriend. So we took her, her name is Gemini. So we like gained a dog on this journey. And so now we're just, I like, she was like, mom, dad, I'm coming to live with you again. Um, but I'm bringing a dog. And if you want me back home, you have to take the dog too. <laughs> How did they feel about the dog coming in? I think they were nervous about it at first, but she is literally like, I don't even know how to describe her. She's the sweetest little angel. She just like hangs out and sleeps and she's perfectly behaved. She doesn't make a mess. So they love her. I got to tell you. So I got a dog probably around, I would say September of 2020. Um, I had gone to LA because I was was doing some, uh, we were were, were about to run shows out in LA, um, you know, towards the end of 2020. And I did a, I did a, a location scout out there and we're just going around and I realized that every single restaurant, there was more dogs than people yep. out in the restaurants. And I said to myself, you know what, if I'm going to be out here in LA for a month, I got to get a dog. So I told my parents and my dad was like, not taking care of this dog. Like, it's <laughs> my, like, 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 I don't care. Like you better, you better make sure that you take care of it and you feed it. And I'm like, 38 years old. I, I, I think I can do this. You are living in my house right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, skip ahead to, uh, I come, so I get back September, November, all of November. I'm in LA with my, my dog, Leo. I get back and Leo is now the favorite child of everyone, of, of, of my parents right now. Like freaks out, sleeps in my parents' bed, like freaks out with like, with my dad's going outside, like follows him around. And my dad like cuddles with him on the couch. It's yep. such like this was supposed to be not my dog. So uh, yeah, no, my dad ago, gets on the floor when he gets home and the dog gets excited. My dad like gets on the floor and he's like, hello, no. have a good day. Oh my goodness, what's up, little baby girl? And I'm like, oh yeah, so this looking- is from the man who was like, I don't want her on my furniture. She has to yeah, stay yeah, out of and I'm not taking <laughs> out and i'm like yeah okay and now he's like yeah. i bought you a bag of pepperonis today I'm like, okay. <laughs> yo i so so i took my dad's phone and he's like he's like hey can you help me find something so they live in the Philippines traditionally but obviously with the with the pandemic they've had to live here in the states with me i looked at my dad's phone he had googled can you bring a dog from the usa to the philippines to live? <laughs> and i'm like he's trying to steal your dog steal- Dog. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Do they have an Amber Alert for dogs? They should. No, they you really should. should be a Scrappy Alert. Yeah, Wait, right. what kind of dog do you have? But I you sent know, a picture of my little lady in the chat so you can see her because she's a mutt. So I'm I don't know what she is. Schnauzer. Oh, cute. Well, we think Jem's a Beagle here. Whippet. Maybe some Jack Russell. It's hard to say. A Whippet and a Beagle. We think. I don't know. I mean, she's a show. She was a she was a rescue. So who well, knows? It's always good. See, I bought my dog with. Yeah. Oh, that's I, a cute. That's I, cute. I, that's definitely beagle esque. Yeah, she definitely got some think, beagle in there. Am I not able to see this? Yeah, you gotta, gotta open, open the chat. chat. It's like different. Oh. It's fine. I, I got a I got a rescue too last January, that, um, it's like a poodle. And a Bichon is what we think it is, and it's it's super cute. Only in only in Connecticut would that would that be a rescue. <laughs> no, by the way. Yeah, no, legit. A got a, a rescue. And but the rescue, we're pretty sure she's uh, a snob and racist, like the dog, not not me. <laughs> the dog but, is but, a snob. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. Of- I am neither of those. Um. Because like the only people she barks at 
are the guys that come and do our lawn, right? And like, if if a uh, someone comes to the house to fix something, like those are the only people the dog barks at. Otherwise, the most docile, calm doesn't make a noise or anything unless it's something like that. And I'm, we're like, what is your deal? Like you are a snobby racist. My, um, it's funny. My, I've heard of, I was reading about like shelter dogs, rescue dogs, where our dog was a stray dog in Miami for, they think about two years before the pound founder. So she's a little bit of an independent woman and she has like, she was, you know, she survived by herself. So she, you can't really like retrain her. But I was reading about like shelter dogs and rescue dogs and how a lot of them seem to be racist like that. And apparently it's partially just because the way dogs see, they don't see very well. It's like everything's kind of cloudy. That's why they rely so much on their hearing and their scent. Right. And so, and it's partially why they they tend to be less scared of women too, because women tend to be physically smaller. Their voices are higher. So like, if you like fuzz everything out, it's not an, as intimidating as men. And whereas pe like people with darker skin tones can be more, ter can be more scary to dogs because they can't see more than just a shape, which is why dogs tend to be like seem racist sometimes. It's like, <laughs> Oh no, they just like can't see facial features oh, or racist. anything. They just can't see well. <laughs> they just can't see well. They're just like visually impaired. So just, you like, know, that's why you get to talk in the little baby voice and make little fun sounds. And then they're like, oh, okay. Are, Carry are, salami suits, wear salami suits. Salami's in your pocket at all time. Yeah, right? Uh, it's a our, good one. Our dog came from like legit was rescued off the street in like a really rough neighborhood of a city to the like a little north of us mm -hmm. so it's it's weird because you know you know we joke about it that she was used to living on the streets in a rough neighborhood you know and now it's like well she only barks at like these people that come around to do like work so it's like yeah. Yeah, like is that like going back to like she was fighting these people for food on the street yeah like, wait was she not was she doesn't bark if you have guests over not or anything really i mean very very rarely um, Maybe she's just feeding off of like your energy because when you bring a guest into your home, you're excited that they're there. Whereas, like, if you bring the plumber in, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, here goes a thousand dollars. Yeah, here's the sink. You know what I mean? I, to be honest, I'd much rather have a plumber come over than half of my friends. Oh, there you go. So, Don't worry, I won't. Well, tell this you got dark really that. quick, Greg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you need to talk? Is something bothering yeah. you? I no. mean, I will say this: Leo loves women and twinks. That's really what he goes for. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Kind of what I'm into as well. So it's kind of weird. There you go. It works out. You guys you wanted, have the same taste. You wanted to get dark. It could get really dark right now. Okay, let's not get too dark. No. I do want to go into a different uh, uh, realm here, Emma, and I kind of want to. Okay. Like, hit the nose right on the head here do it we have been i mean listen our listeners are listening to you they've seen you um on several things you are a very good looking young lady uh thank Emma. you <laughs> uh and i i say that as a precursor because sometimes they say that people uh of that look like you come into a, uh, our business and you muscle your way through uh because of your looks is that yeah. something now you gave you gave us a litany of, of, of all your accreditations, what you have done, where have you come from? You've driven for Lyft, you know, you kind of took the, uh, what was it? The, the, the bare pickings of somebody who took a full-time job and take their part-time job. How do you respond to people that will still say, be like, oh, she's just there or he's just there because of the way that they look? Um, I would say, fuck you. Let's sit down at Pro Tools and see who can makes this shit better <laughs> <laughs> and i will say from someone that has tried to use pro tools many times that that is not an easy fucking task no i've been using pro tools for okay it's 2021 so i've been using pro tools for 10 years now and it's not any easier than it was when i started 10 years ago it's have you bitch. gotten that pushback no. emma have you i mean have you heard, i have you heard that in the comments and like listen to like i mean listen i hate going on reddit i hate following any comment thread but yeah, sometimes oh, I, do it all the I time. dig deep. No, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I've 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 heard I don't know. I people like that I'm just like I'm so sorry you're having such a shitty day or you feel so shittily about yourself. Like I don't think I got where I am because of the way I look. I used to be a very overweight young lady. I lost a lot of weight when I was in college and then like gained some back and then lost it again. And so like 
I don't think I've always been the most attractive person in the room. And also most of my work is done in a room, windowless room by myself over the internet where people are like, can you mix this? Yeah. And they send it to me and I mix it and I send it back. I think a lot of times the people I work with have no clue what I look like, or at least they sure. didn't when I first started working. It was kind of like, here's, uh, I got the job at marketplace cause a friend of mine from college already worked there and the engineering department was made up of all men and they were looking for some engineers and she was like are you interested because I'm sure they would love to add a lady to the roster and I was like sure so I sent my resume and I showed up for an interview and they started me the next day but they had my resume and samples of my work and things that I could send them before then so I don't think and I had to do a test like they gave me a test mix and I've had a lot of jobs like that where like I have to do a little test before they give it to me. And I like to think that I got the job because I did well on the tests, not because I looked good while I did it. <laughs> <laughs> we see this a lot and we're hearing, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings in our, in our world right now, um, in our industry, that there are those that from the TikTok realm that came mm. from the Instagram realm, um, mm -hmm. that are now coming into the comedy field and, you know, they're getting jobs because they look good. I mean, how many times have I heard that Matt Reif being, you know, like saying like, oh, the only reason that you're a comedian, like you're, that people laugh and come to your shows is because you're good looking. Um, we have other people like Natalie Cuomo, Karen Feehan, where people are like, where, where, where these, these subreddits are, are, yeah. are, are saying, you're only there because of the way you look, but these are very funny and talented people. Who bust their uh, ass, by the way. It's not just it's not just that. It's that they bust their ass. Yeah, right. like I think that's one thing that a lot of those like keyboard warriors on Reddit probably don't understand is how much fucking hustle goes into getting to where those people are. And it's like if they're there because of the way they look, they've been getting there because of the way they look for a long time. So like it's impressive that they're still managing to just ride that. I think people can ride looks to a to a degree, but you know, if you're Matt not Reif, selling tickets, just I'm kidding, Matt. I love you. <laughs> but if you're not selling tickets, okay, yeah. then you're not going to keep getting booked, and you're not going to do well. Like you can, I think you can start. I think you could start a career based on your looks, but you can't necessarily finish it based on your looks. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when people on like dating apps and stuff put old pictures. It's like, yeah, that's going to get you the date, the conversation, and then when you show up and they realize that picture's 15 years old they're going to bail. So it'll get you that far. And then it's not going to carry you much further. And I kind of think looks can be the same way. Also looks are fleeting. Come on. We all sure. just spent a year and a half inside eating food. How many of us? Yeah. Good. <laughs> I bought a shit ton of yodel stocks. There you go. <laughs> no, it's kidding. So what was the first show you worked on? Like the first, your first like real show that you really were like, all right, this is, I'm going to cut this up pretty good. Um, well, the first like real work I did out of college was at Marketplace probably, but that's a far more structured show. It's just like a big, it's kind of a more of a machine. It's there was at, when I was first started there, there were six engineers and there was a dozen producers and all these different reporters and directors and stuff. So it was very much like, here's your to-do list for the day, check off all of the things. And when you're done, you can go home. Um, and that was, so that was kind of more of a machine. It wasn't until I started working at Feral Audio, which then became Starburns that I started actually like working on one-off shows like podcasts and stuff. Right. Um, Natch Butte with Jackie Johnson was one of the first shows that was like mine to work on right. with her and her and I got along really well. And she's a very cute dog, Chuge, who I loved would sit with me while she would record. And that was one of the first shows that was consistently mine where I was in the studio for the recording. And then I was making rough mixes and making edits and mixing and exporting final and posting. And so that was one of the first big like shows I like got to work on. I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. It's consistent, but it's like different every week at the same time, but it's the same, but it's different and I'm in different places and we have different guests. And so I, that was probably one of the first shows. And then actually when feral audio folded and like kind of died and Starburns took over, that's when Doughboys left Feral Audio and they left their previous engineer and they were looking for a fill-in. And that's when I went to work for Doughboys just to fill in for a little while and I just kind of never left. Mm -hmm. um, but they're probably the show I've been with. The They yeah. are the show I've been with the longest. And what, what um, did you work on at ATC? Um, at ATC, I was... Morgan Murphy brought me over there to do her podcast, Los Feliz, the podcast, which doesn't exist anymore. And it was very niche podcast about a neighborhood in LA. Yeah. Um, but the... <laughs> 
super niche. Um, but then uh, I mixed, I've mixed, uh, so I mixed something's burning for a while when they were shooting those, and wrists of with Bert Kreischer, and then wrists of fury with Kelsey Cook. Um, for a while, I did the Danish and O'Neill show for a little while, the the basement show that they did, the like web series that they did. Um, and then I've worked in the studio a lot. So I was just like recording podcasts for people, live streaming stuff, live cutting video stuff, depending on the, the day and who was so, in. What's up, fool, was one I did a lot. What's what's the end goal? You know, I, I mean, I have a friend that uh, that does sound mixing. Um, he worked uh, he works over at DreamWorks and he's oh, having cool. a great time over there. Hell but yeah. what is the next move for you, Emma? I mean, you talked about kind of like you just kind of show up and see what's next. Do you have a yeah. an end goal in mind? You know, I don't know. I used to think I wanted to just like mix movies. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to mix movies. Maybe I want to like produce movies or maybe I don't want to work in movies at all. Maybe I like TV better. Right. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. I am currently part of my reason for being in Maine right now is my brother is um, he's special needs. So he's 31. Yeah. He's 31 now. And he, but he's mentally about four or five. Um, and he's just the light of my life. He's just the happiest dude ever. And I love him to absolute pieces. And he's in the process of transitioning into a long-term care facility or situation outside of my parents' house. So he's, we're slowly, he's slowly moving out of my parents' care and into somebody else's care, which is a huge transition and very complicated. And, it's a lot of finances and legal shit and state funding money and like all it's all very complicated. Um, and so my boyfriend and I, my boyfriend's a shooter producer. We actually met working for ATC. He used to shoot all of those things I used to mix. (laughs) So that's how we met. But he, um, him and I are, we're kind of, and my sister are kind of working on making like a documentary about my brother and this like transition period and like, what it all entails because I think it's one of those things that like nobody ever thinks about and nobody knows about it and but it's something that so many people go families go through um and there's just no resources there's no information like I can't I can't like google like my brother's transitioning to a new care facility like how do I do this like there's just nothing I can't find anything it's a lot of like yeah I mean reddit threads just by those first three words my brother is transitioning would give you a whole different idea completely different yeah no yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, but he's that's not amazing. transitioning I'm, like that, but <laughs> <laughs> at least but that's not that amazing. I know. I, um, so, so, I mean, like, ho- I mean, hopefully like, I mean, what, so you've been filming for how long now? Um, we're, so it's, we're kind of just like picking up the camera when we do stuff and seeing what we get. We have a lot of just like random clips of us, like shooting hoops or running around on the beach or like taking a walk. Um, we sort of started shooting a little bit last last summer, last year, but with everything being closed, it was kind of, I mean, you can only, there's only so much you can get from walking around the neighborhood. Um, but his summer camp was closed last summer and it is again this summer, um, because of COVID. So we made our own camp and we like made t-shirts that have his face on them with like a camp logo. Uh, and that's kind of where it started. And we were like, oh, this is funny. People would love this. So we started shooting. He actually... My he has a house now that his long-term care provider is going to live in with him. And so he got to see the house for the first time a couple weeks ago. So we filmed that and that was really oh, cool. cool. He was he very excited live, about it. Live on his own, like with, with obviously a, a healthcare person. Yeah. Tw- he'll live with, day. yeah, he'll, he needs one-on-one care. So he's right. like, I said, like mentally four or five. So like he can't bathe himself. He like can go to the bathroom, but he can't wipe himself. Like he's just like those like motor skills type, like fine motor skill type things that we all take for granted, I guess, in a way he can't do Like He can't cut up his own food. You have to cut it for him, but he can like use a fork to eat it. You just have to give it to him in bite sized pieces. Um, so he, yeah, he needs one-on-one care. So he'll be living and like every state does it differently. New Hampshire does a foster care system where they get put into a home with a family. Um, and the rules are super strict. You can't take them out of that home for more than like I think it's 10 days a year. So you get 10 days. You can take, like my parents would get 10 days a year to take him home and have him at home, which is not a lot. Mm. Um, especially if you consider holidays and birthdays yeah. and that kind of stuff, weddings, things like that. Um, you the, your kid. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, you want to hang out with your child. Um, and then like, but then Massachusetts does, they have group homes, but New Hampshire doesn't have any group homes. And like some people are proponents of group home system. Some people prefer foster care system. It's all very 
you know, it depends on your preference and it depends on, you know, the funding available. New Hampshire is a famously income tax free state and sales tax free state. So which is wonderful, but also there's a lot less money for these programs. So they're all severely underfunded. Uh, So we're trying to figure out like how we can shed some light on all that and also just like share the joy that is my brother, Michael. (laughs) That's, that's cool. Awesome. That's, that's pretty awesome, really. Yeah. Congratulations so, on cool. doing that. I don't know if that's an end goal, but that's like what we're doing now. But I'm still doing all my pods and stuff while we're here. So like I felt like kind of with COVID and everything and everything being remote, I was like, when else am I going to have the chance to continue to do my work that I'm already doing, but also be in Maine with my family and with Michael? I was like, this is like truly a once in a lifetime opportunity that's come out of this like very long never-ending tragedy that is COVID and this pandemic. <laughs> yeah, so like, Emma, that, that happens to be, I mean, for me, that is, I mean, I, we just put a nice little bow on everything, <laughs> did we not? I mean, look at the skill of Emma just like just tying this up beautifully for the Trying end. Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a, a, a technical question that yeah. I would be crazy for not asking. So, like, obviously, we're recording this through Zoom, and yes. so many other podcasts that I know and have either been guests on or are doing are all recording through Zoom for the most mm-hmm. part. I think because it just, it's like the brand name Kleenex. It's like everyone knows yeah. it, you go to it, and they, they're like, all right, that's easy enough. Hit record, boom, you know, you get right. your stuff, and then you can fuck yeah. Whatever. And it records separate tracks for each person, which was originally why I was using it for pods, because I could, if nothing else, have split tracks from Zoom, even if they didn't sound good. I had a little bit more control than just like recording a phone call. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. Like, how do you? Oh, do oh I'll show you. It's in setting? your preferences. I can show you now or I can show you off pod. I don't know if, if listeners want to listen to this. Yeah, If you don't <laughs> mind, would you show it like when we cut like then yeah, show me absolutely that would, that would be cool to to know uh, yeah but like besides zoom like i know there's a million other ones out there but like is there anyone that in particular is good for audio and video that gets you a better quality and, a, and more abilities to on the fly do shit because i'm sure yeah. people that listen to us would like to know that too because i know everyone's using zoom yeah no zoom i haven't found what so we use for doughboys we've been using a service called Streamyard. Um, it's web-based, which is kind of nice. It's just all on a, on a browser tab, so you don't need, like, separate software or anything. Um, and the storage, it doesn't take up storage on your computer. It doesn't, I don't think it records video. They might have a beta for that now, but they weren't. And it works for us because we don't record video for Doughboy, so it doesn't matter. And right. it does record split audio tracks as well, um, which I like. And I just, we just find it, we have less lag, like, internet lag issues with it. Um we also use it for a live stream to Twitch. It connects to like Twitch right. and all that. So it lets you stream like that too, which is kind of nice. Um, but honestly, if you're recording video, I'd probably just recommend Zoom. It's just like, it works. It's not expensive and it's like pretty intuitive. Like the right. buttons are all right there and clean and easy to read and understand. And it's not like you have to go like, when we were, I was learning Twitch to do that, to do a live stream with Doughboys and that, it's so com- some of those programs are so complicated. Like you need to spend a decade learning how to use them. Um, whereas something like Zoom is pretty intuitive. Like right. my dad yeah. figured it out. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, I mean, literally anyone. I mean, it's so easy to use. So yeah. okay, so we got our answer at Zoom. But then stick around. I want to know about how to do these split recordings. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just so boring. Are you falling asleep? You don't have any tech questions for me? This is usually what people ask me is tech questions. John, so I'm, I'll lead John into how we wrap the episodes. So <laughs> we, we wrap with really our, our favorite pastime, which is food and eating, if you didn't gather that from the top. Oh, of the I group. love it. So what, well, John, you want to ask the question? No, you can ask the okay, question. Okay, so Greg. basically we, we end on what the best best thing everyone ate in the last week but since today's only tuesday or i don't know wednesday what's like the best thing you ate the last say three weeks to a month Ooh, that's hard it's funny i've been in maine for almost exactly a month so let me think about all of the delicious food i've eaten since i've been here um pick one oh, it has you have to pick one i have to pick one i have to pick one okay um and yeah, i'm stuck between two but i had a sous vide steak for the first time and that was 
fucking delicious. Um, the second runner-up is is crab stuffed haddock. Huh. And were those homemade out? Like where? where? Homemade. God damn it! My what dad's, my, my what dad's address, a fantastic. John, gas up the car. <laughs> yeah, come to Maine. Woo-hoo, it's everybody Tesla. come to Maine. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. It'll drive. Charge up your car. It'll drive for you. <laughs> yeah, but you have to charge it like seven times on the way. Yeah, yeah. okay. I was wondering about um, that. We, yes. we were driving across the country. The pa- like we've driven across the country three times in the past year, and I was like, you know, a Tesla would be nice because it would drive for you. But then my boyfriend was like, yeah, but you can't just like stop and fill up in ten minutes. And I was like, oh shit, yeah. you're right. You can only drive it's like, like it's, twelve it's, hours, then you have to stop. I don't even know how far. No way, like three hundred miles, like max. Oh. Oh, shit, no. And it's a nightmare. I had a friend that just did that and literally called me on the phone crying at like 2 o'clock in the morning because he was stuck in a field in like Vermont and he had no way to get his car charged. And I'm like, oh, yeah? What do you think I'm going to dig up all that old oil from the ground there, you know, that we've been fighting for so long. Can you call AAA? Can you call AAA for a battery charge on a Tesla like you can for a gallon of gas? I don't think so. So it's like, I'm, you know, they keep talking about how in like, five or six or 10 years, it's going to be 30 to 40% electric vehicles. And I'm like, well, that doesn't, you know, what are you going to do? Like, what if the power know. goes out? I know exactly. What if there's a hurricane? Now you can't go anywhere. You stranded all these people. It's the walking yeah. dead. Look, I grew up in New England. We would have storms where our power would cut for like five, six days straight. So like, sure. how oh, do yeah. I charge my car? Actually, that's why I went to, that's why I came to Maine last summer. Cause we had one, uh, we had a hurricane actually today is a year anniversary today of when we had oh, the weird. hurricane that blew through here last summer and it knocked out the power here for seven mm-hmm. days. And I, you know how long I made it until I'm like, where can we go that has power? Three hours. Like a day or two. It took me like six hours to be like, we gotta get power. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care. Uh, like, we gotta go. And I'm like, where it. can we go? And Portland, Maine. It's like the closest I could find that had hotel rooms and a cool place. I'm like, we're going to Maine there until our power comes back on. I mean, <laughs> why not? Those are the best trips where it's like, okay, well, we we just have to do this, so we'll just make the best out of it. And that's usually when you end up having the best time anyway. Oh, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, well we end amazing, on food. Amazing. So What's we, the best thing you've had in the last week? Me? Yeah. Oh, my God. What did I have this week? Well, I went to my favorite diner this morning and oh, had yes. my my the best corned beef hash and eggs I have mm. had anywhere in the country because it's mostly oh. corned beef. I love it. a little it. bit of, like, fried potatoes, and then I usually do three sunny-side-up eggs on top. That sounds amazing. I love a diner. I love a good diner. You can't fuck up a diner. I mean, you can fuck up a diner. But you can fuck up a diner. Like, I mean, diners yeah. usually have something that they're good at, like your local diner, you know. Yeah, they- you got to ask what's your specialty, yeah. and then you got to get that. I had one of them tell me it's their veggie burger. And then I'm like, well, what is it? And they're like, it's a Beyond Burger. And I'm like, that that you That's can't recommend burger. to me a Beyond Burger. <laughs> like, you know, I love you know, how Emma's last her. her her, 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 you know, all your dishes have been, you know, homemade and everything like that. The closest that I've had to fresh and made has been guacamole table side lately. So I, um, I need to make a trip up to Maine. I was going to go this weekend, but hotel rooms are like $300, $400. Oh, yeah. They're I've crazy just, right now. The Hampton Inn that I stay at every single time was at 400 And I was like, ah, do I use like my, my, my diamond membership? I was like, ah. That's partially why all my meals are homemade right now because getting a reservation out to eat here right now is absolutely insane. It's like near impossible. And we're like, you know, we'll be here in the off season when we can go and it's chill. So we'll just make food at home and let all these crazy people go eat. Yeah, right. All right. So let's plan it right after Memorial uh, Labor Day. uh, We'll head up to Maine. Love it. it. Hell yeah. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Emma, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you thanks. so we much for having really me. Good. I'm so sorry about the lawnmower and stuff. No that way. Was it was awesome. We like those. Ridiculous. <laughs>